Hey Trailblazers, welcome back to the Business Casual Podcast. I am very excited about today's episode. Not only are we filming in person, but I'm also lucky enough to be filming with someone who I consider a close friend of mine and who I've gotten the pleasure to get to know over the last few years and who's doing some amazing things in computer engineering, software engineering, and really being a trailblazer in the space and someone who I'm sure you will hear her name um, sometime soon. So I'm very excited to welcome Angie to the show. Hi, Angie. Hi. Thank you for having me on. Of course. How's it going? It's good. You know, I Summer just, vibes. Yeah. I just uh, finished school. I have officially Graduate. completed all of my courses. Um, thankfully passed <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Amazing. You're done. You're um, getting your, when is your graduation? Um, my graduation is in June. Okay. Um, but yeah, I will actually not be attending that because I'll oh, be, you're not going to convocation. No, because <gasps> I'll be traveling. Um, yeah. So this is a little backstory about me, but my entire family basically doesn't live in Canada. So it's a little hard for them to come back. Right. Um, and attend and I'll be in Europe. I think I'll be in living Spain. your life. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I mean, in engineering, we get our iron rings. So I think that for me was uh, your a ceremony. Deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, maybe we can add a picture on our Instagram. Will you like the picture of you in your white power suit? And she oh, was wearing yeah. an amazing <laughs> white power suit to her iron ring ceremony. It was very girl boss, very on. Uh, you know what's funny? I was the day before I had got it. Like I bought it that week. And the day before the ceremony, or I think even the day of, I put it on and I was like, no, like, this is too much. Like, I cannot wear this. I was going to like, do you mean? I, I was having like a crisis. I called my mom and I was like, I don't know if I could do this. No, I'm so glad you wore it. <laughs> no. You looked so amazing. Thank yeah, you. we'll definitely have the picture on yeah, no, that was so a very, it. It's a very cool day. It, yeah. I feel like the iron ring for any engineer, if anyone's listening to this is in engineering, you know that the iron ring is very symbolic and it's a very like big milestone to look forward to in engineering. So. For sure. Definitely a fun day. And for someone who's not lis- that's listening from not engineering background, can you give a quick overview of what the iron ring is? If someone's like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. So um, engineers in Canada, essentially, at the end of your engineering degree, you'll get an iron ring. And it's essentially your oath to engineering. Um, so what it is, is that you basically take an oath to say that I am going to be ethical. I am going to um, be honest in my work. And you wear it on the pinky of your dominant hand. And the reason for that is when you're either like signing papers or working, you can like hear it tap. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's why you wear it on the pinky of your dominant hand. That's very cool. And there's like history behind it and I don't want to butcher it. So that's why I didn't go into it. Okay. No, that's that's a good iron. I think it was because like a bridge, something happened, a bridge that like fell down. I do not know the exact details. So I really don't want to go into that. But uh, it's it's definitely online. You can go into that. Well, now you have a bit of a background, Angie. She obviously just finished her engineering degree. So do you want to give us a quick overview on kind of why you decided to go that route, how you picked your course or your degree, how you ended up at the University of Toronto? Give us the backstory of why computer engineering was what you decided to pursue. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> this goes way back, I guess, high school. I was in grade 12. I did not know what I wanted to do at all. I knew I liked science. I liked all three sciences, biochem, physics, um, and I was good at math. My brother had just finished engineering at Western, so I was a little familiar with like engineering as a degree, and my dad was also an engineer, but I was definitely between like going into engineering, didn't even know what type at that point, or the sciences. And then I think I decided, ended up deciding engineering just because since I didn't know what I wanted to do, it opened more 
um, opportunities. I know even if I didn't necessarily fall in love with like a technical aspect of engineering, I could maybe go into work business just because engineering is such like a valued degree anywhere you can, it opens the doors to a lot of things. So that's why I picked engineering and I got into U of T and decided to go there. And I got into a program, electrical and computer engineering. And that was the program that I got into. There was also like a general option, right? but it was very easy to switch. So I knew going in that I was in uh, ECE, electrical and computer, uh, but I was also open to maybe switching disciplines after my first year. So it wasn't a general first year? No. Okay. Um, But I took the same courses as like my friends in um, the general program. We all took the same courses. Um, Yeah. So I really went into this blindly. (laughs) I would say I had no idea what I wanted to do in first year. Uh, I would say I even like struggled with finding a passion. Um, I remember I would like try to not force myself, but engineering, there's a lot of like, there's a big design aspect of engineering. So I would try to go to these design team meetings and like formula one, like, um, design teams, like racing. And I was like, I do not (laughs) like this. And it took me a while to figure out what it was that I actually wanted to do. So the first summer of engineering, I wanted to find some sort of summer job that I wanted to do. And what I did was I started reaching out to profs and it's very common for um, first or second year students to maybe do a little bit of research uh, with a professor. So I figured I just send out as many emails as I can to professors that I found their work interesting. So I focused on um, professors that worked in the biomedical industry because at that time that was something I sort of wanted to look more into since I was also very passionate about science and bio and chem in high school. Uh, so I did that and I ended up landing a research position at the Toronto Rehab Center. Amazing. Um, where I worked with a prof there. And when I say worked, it was more like shadowing, getting to sit in on lab meetings. I would um, label data. So essentially what the lab was doing was they were trying to come up with um, machine learning algorithms that would detect spinal cord injuries so I would look at the data that they would get and I would label it um I would take a look at the code that the other lab members were writing not that I could understand much of it but it was a good experience just to get my eyes open to what this like field was and from that I learned that I did not want to do research (laughs) ever again um and I think like the way I go by things is like learning what you don't like is so much more important or not more important, but as important as learning what you actually do like. And it was just, even if I didn't like fall in love with research, I was like, okay, that's like a check that I know I'm, I shouldn't be going down this path. So I was like almost back to square one at the end of first year. What do I want to do? Um, I decided to stay in electrical and computer engineering. I was like, okay, there's definitely something that I can find um, within this like discipline that um, I like, especially with like the rise of tech. I was like, tech is booming. There's so much I can do. Let me like keep searching and figure out what it is that I actually want to do. And did you feel a lot of pressure throughout your undergrad from those in your program? Was everyone very, because obviously there's a lot of, I want to say misconceptions, like predetermined notions in engineering in general, especially at the University of Toronto, that it's really difficult and that no one has a social life and that everyone is just sitting behind a computer coding the entire time or or doing something engineering related. Did you find that there was a lot of pressure from those around you to like really find what you wanted to do early on in your undergrad? Or was it more something that 
you had this drive and like passion because you wanted to figure out what you wanted to do? Oh, I would say I would personally, <laughs> I would compare myself to everyone yeah. that was around me. Uh, so people in my program have been coding. Some of them have been coding since they were 12 years old. And they knew from the start, I'm going to be a software engineer. This is what I want to do. They've been working on projects. And it like it amused me so much as to how someone was so sure about what they want, what to, do. They want to do and was so passionate about something. It drove me crazy because I was yeah. like, there's something wrong with me. Like I don't didn't have the same. a passion for something. And a lot of people, even in, like for example, mechanical engineering, are like, yeah, I want to go work for Tesla. I This is what I want to do. I want to change the world in like, this area. And I was like, I do not like I did not relate yeah um so I think that was just a struggle uh and it took me a while to realize that like not everyone's on the same path and you don't have to know what you want to do like straight from the get-go I think that's something I realize now um but yeah to answer your question it was a little intimidating especially in um ECE computer engineering a lot of people are going there straight for the software and a lot of those people have known that they wanted to do that since a very young age. Yeah. Um, and I had no coding experience in high school. So oh, so you went in blind. I went in completely blind. And software engineering um, is what I like, am doing now. But at that time, for me, I was like, oh, I don't see myself doing this. Like, I enjoyed my coding classes, but it wasn't something that I was exposed enough to that I was like, oh, this could, I could be see as a, career. a career. Exactly. So you learned everything when you started university. Yeah, so I had one coding class in uh, first year that I took and I enjoyed it um, but like I said I didn't have I didn't know what the industry was like yeah. in software engineering I just didn't see it and I saw all of those people that were just so focused on it and knew what they wanted to do I was like oh I can never compete with these people so I'm just gonna look for something else um, so I guess fast forward into second year uh, I was specialized now into computer electrical slash computer engineering so in first year we all kind of took if you were in mechanical if you were in general first year engineering industrial you basically took the same courses because those are your core courses second year everyone each discipline branches off and you start focusing more on um, your actual discipline and courses for your discipline and second year is notoriously known in um, electrical and computer engineering to be the hardest year ever uh, people will fail a few courses uh, it's known to have like the highest uh, like dropout rate or repeating. So it's definitely um, a challenge. And I think what really um, started to get me into software engineering was a course that we took in second year. And it was a design course that where we had to basically design a smaller version of Google Maps. Okay. And we made an entire like user interface and it was an entire software project of developing a map. We have to find like do pathfinding algorithms. And I think the university or like the course coordinator did a really good job of simulating what it would be like in industry. That's and, really important. Yeah. So you would have like in tech, you have daily standups where every day you would say what you're working on and like give your manager updates. So we would have that weekly with a TA, for example, and we would um, like update our TA of our progress and like what everyone was doing. And this so was in very, second year. So yeah. you were still early on. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of work. So it was a team of three people. Um, but I just found it so cool that uh, coding and being able to work on something like that could like translate into such a big application. So that's when I think I started to take the idea of software and coding more seriously and like sort of deep dive into it. I was like, okay, 
I'm behind. I know that. I'm not the most experienced coder, but I guess the way I was raised as a kid, my parents would always say, like, you're not, like, verbatim, you're not missing an arm or a leg. Like, even though these people have um, more experience. experience than you, uh, you can, like, there's nothing stopping you. There's nothing, like, detrimental that's stopping you from, like, getting to their level. Yeah, no, that's really important to know. And I think you get in your own head sometimes and you think that, you put it in your mind that you can't do something when really there's nothing stopping you. It's just yourself that's stopping you. And it's mm-hmm. definitely intimidating. Like, yeah. I I can imagine the stress that you were under mm-hmm. when knowing you wanted to get there, but feeling like you were so behind. Yeah. Did you have mentors? Were you reaching out to anyone in the industry or was it all, did you have professors that you were looking up to, like upper years? Yeah, definitely upper years. In engineering, it's a very tight-knit community. And from the first day, we have orientation and FOSH and you get you're friends basically with everyone that's like three years older than you, two years older than you. And I would see like, especially girls going into software engineering and working for companies like Google and Apple. And I talk to them and be like, oh, like, so this is actually doable. A and job. Like, yeah, I can, and I can like, get there. And I can get there and it's not impossible for me. And I think um, a challenge definitely for me personally, I'm a perfectionist. And I, if I was gonna go into this field, I obviously, dreamt of going to a company that I would like to work for. One, I wanted to be doing work that interested me. I didn't want to be coding for, for example, a software company that I wasn't really interested in the work they were doing. And I wanted to do something like big and impactful. So part of me was scared that I wouldn't get to that level. And so that's what maybe like hindered me a little of, oh, should I be pursuing this? Should I go down this path? Or should I maybe just pick to like stay safe and just pick something else? Because it is a very competitive field. Yeah. And because the demand is so high now, you have people with computer science degrees, people with computer engineering degrees, yeah. people with no degrees at all are applying that to have companies. these yeah, experience. Skills. And they're teaching like coding can be self-taught. Yeah. So you're competing with a lot of other people. So it's definitely a little daunting, but it's nothing that like you can't tackle. Right. And so... Do you want to talk a bit about how you ended up at Pinterest, your first, like, big... Would you yeah. say that was your first, like, yeah. moment where you realized, oh, I can actually do this. Like, I'm yeah. I'm here now. I made mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, second year, when I did that design course, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I'm really just going to hone in and focus on getting to that level. By the time I graduate, I'm going to be working for, like, I want to be working for one of these big tech companies. Yeah. And the summer of second year, I had an internship. Uh, at a company it was the California ISO which they do like the power generation for the state of California but I was on an IT team so I did I was still doing coding but it wasn't a tech company right but that summer is when I started really preparing for my internship that I wanted to get in third year and as well as what I would eventually get as a full-time so in tech in software engineering the interview process is very technical and they will hire you based on how good you are at coding and your understanding of just basic concepts of algorithms and computer science. So I knew that going in. So I spent that entire summer of second year just grinding um, and learning all the algorithms that I needed to know. I would watch videos of people that went to interview at these big companies and what the questions were like. And to me, this was news because we like they don't prepare you at all for this in school. They don't even tell you I hadn't even seen any of this and I had seen a few of the like concepts and algorithms and like the Google Maps design project 
but I had to like fully relearn everything and I just spent that entire summer I was like okay it's gonna take me time but this is what I have to do to get like one of these internships. So how long do you think you would say you spent preparing for the interviews you ended up getting? Um, I think that summer I would spend I tried every like every day for at least like 20 minutes I um, there's this website called Leak Code and they're just problems the same types of problems that you were you would get on interviews um, and I would just practice and I couldn't do any of them at the beginning and I thought it was the hardest thing ever um, and then after a while I started watching videos just figuring out what like how to approach yeah. these problems and they ended up being less scary <laughs> as I like progressed and yeah by the time I was done that internship in second year and uh, September had come along I'd been feeling pretty confident in that I could do a technical interview um, so is the process you apply with your resume and cover letter mm-hmm. and then you get asked right away if you like if they want you to move to the next round, is it a technical interview right away or is there like another screening? So it's different with each company. Okay. I've had companies where you get sent a coding challenge, for example, and that's how they screen their like initial, they'll go through your resume, say they like your resume, they'll send you a coding challenge, you have an hour to complete two questions and you submit it and then you hear back. Oh, wow. And then that's just the first round. Yeah. And then if they like you after that, if they like, like your work, they'll ask you for uh, the first round technical interview okay um and again this is different with each company some companies will do multiple rounds some companies will do just one round of um like initial technical interviews and then a final on-site which would be like five interviews in one day okay all, technical like, technical um so they're not looking okay let's let's pick a company what, what should you say was the hardest company that you interviewed for so this year i did a few interviews i did interviews at um google and snapchat so those two were very like lengthy processes so i could talk a bit about that yeah um so for snapchat i was actually lucky enough to have um, a recruiter reached out to me on linkedin okay and she had seen my profile and started chatting with me linkedin yeah i've been banging the table linkedin is where it's at it really is did your heart like skip a beat when you got that message yeah at first because whenever you get messages on linkedin like like, is this this fake is this fake? Yeah. And she said snap. I was like, wait, <laughs> like the snap, like as in Snapchat. And I went on her profile and I was like, oh, she actually works for Snapchat. So I uh, was like, okay, this is real. So I think that skipped uh, a step in maybe like a coding challenge or something. I didn't have to do that. So I was uh, like pushed right to the first technical interview. Okay. It was an hour interview, um, a technical interview where you get asked two questions and then like live face to face with yeah. someone so it was on zoom um they pull up like a coding environment that you have to code in they'll put a question up you code the answer and uh the way it works is you can't just start coding and say you're done you obviously have to talk through your solution say how you would get here um just basic like problem solving show yeah. that you can like talk through and know what you're doing uh after that i had passed the first technical interview it was the final on-sites, and that was five interviews in one day. One of them was behavioral. So okay. one of them was just chatting with an engineer, uh, asking questions like situational type questions. And then the re- other four were technical. So similar to that first one, but just four of them. And with different people different in people. all different areas. Was this like yeah. a specific position where you applying for a software engineer at this point? Yeah. So every position that I was applying to, uh, this year was a new grad software engineer. Got it. So I think in tech, that's a little different than 
maybe someone in business or yeah. consulting that's applying because I applied with the same resume okay. that I would send uh, to each position, which may be different for um, a different area because yeah. you would have to tailor, tailor it your, to make yourself yeah. stand out. But because software engineering, I was applying to a new grad software engineer. And even though they were different companies, they were you were generally doing the same role because you weren't necessarily applying to a role on a specific team it was just their new grad program where they would take everyone that's graduating this year okay this is our incoming class of software yeah Yeah, exactly so that was definitely I think something that helped is that I didn't have to worry about uh each specific company yeah and I knew what to expect um so that was this year when I was applying to my new grad jobs I think the year before when I was applying to internships was definitely harder um, just because it was more com- uh, more competitive. I hadn't had, it was my first recruiting season that I had gone through with technical interviews. And I remember the first one I did, I walked out and I was like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't even know, even though I had prepared, I just like didn't know what to expect. Uh, so it's definitely something you uh, get better with, with practice. Yeah. Um, and then that summer you ended up at Pinterest. Yeah which was a dream company for you. Yeah, so Pinterest was my uh, definitely my dream company. Like I said before, I wanted to work on a product that I was passionate about, and I've been using Pinterest since I was 13. I love anything that's like visually aesthetic um, and just even their culture. I would look into uh, Pinterest culture and sort of what they stood for, and I was like, wow, I really want to work for this company. Yeah, no, they were a great, from what I've heard, it's great. We also have an episode with Caitlin, um, a few weeks ago now, if you want to learn more about marketing or the business side of Pinterest, we have an episode with her and she talked a bit more about like the culture, but it's interesting because you were out of the California offices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so in their headquarters. Yeah. Yeah. So you moved by yourself from, cause obviously your school and all your friends were here, mm-hmm. your family's overseas. So you're in California. What was that like moving to a new city, starting a new job? Like, yeah, 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 for sure. I'll go into that. Um, So just to preface, the internship was online. So I could have technically done it from Canada, but my brother was living in California at the time. So I was like, why not? Yeah, go to California. I'd actually spent the year there. um, So that third year when school was online, um, just doing school from California. And I got this internship there. And after that, my brother had gotten another job. He was moving to Texas. And I made the decision to move to Los Angeles just on my own because it's just always been a city on my bucket list, I guess. I'd been there a few times. I was like, I really want to move here. I don't know if I'm going to get the chance to. Yeah. And this internship's remote. I think I can do this. So I rented a car, drove myself down from San Francisco all the way to Los Angeles rented over an apartment. I had an apartment a book that I'd seen over FaceTime and I had to secure I was in like near San Francisco and I couldn't go there obviously yeah. before to look at places. So I FaceTimed the guy and I was like, okay, yeah, I like this. I put a deposit down and I couldn't believe that I had done it. And I rented the car, drove down all on my own and just lived there for the summer. And what was your really? highlight? I mean, I how could there not be highlights living in California for I a think summer? just I don't know if it's a specific highlight but just being able to like go I wasn't right next to the beach but I would take an electric scooter on weekends for example and just yeah. be able to go to the beach and read a book and I was able to make friends like at the gym or just seeing people around and talking to them there's a lot of it's a very young 
city and I was lucky enough to be near UCLA so there's a lot of students uh anyone I would see at the gym um I would like talk to and I made friends through that so it was definitely a new experience and it taught me to be a lot more independent Mm -hmm. I used to be the type of person that like would always need people to do something and just the fact of like doing something alone and be like no like I need like company to be able to do something right and now I'm like I feel like now I'm like oh I can do, do would you eat at a restaurant by yourself I haven't done that yet okay <laughs> you haven't done that yet I, I haven't done that yet but it doesn't seem weird to, like okay you wouldn't be scared to do yeah, it yeah I wouldn't be uh opposed to it. it yeah exactly and overall your experience at Pinterest maybe can you share like what the work you did was like or maybe some projects you worked on and I'm yeah. not sure what the yeah yeah if you could explain no, it in like sure. non-engineering terms <laughs> yeah so I at Pinterest I worked on their web platform so they obviously have an app um, I was working directly on front end web. So what front end means is that you are working on what you see on a web page. There's an engineering software engineering, there's front end and back end. Back end is anything that goes on behind the hood, sort of anything that has to do like with a server, with algorithms, um, any like search, stuff like that. Front end is directly features that you're working on, for example, UI. Uh, making improvements to UI to make it a better better user experience. So that's what I was doing. Uh, Specifically, if anyone uses Pinterest, if you were to go ahead and create a pin, uh, you would be taken to this whole process. That was what my project was for the summer. Um, That's so cool. Creating pin. And the team that I was on, it was called Content Growth. So we were focused on getting more content onto the platform. Um, so, so more people uploading photos. And... Yeah. So whether that was uploading photos from your own photos or on Pinterest, you can um, upload pins from different websites. So, for example, if you see a recipe on all recipes and you wanted to upload that, uh, that's another way of creating a pin. Got so it. just generating more content onto the platform. That was our uh, main goal, like on my team that I worked on. And then moving forward, you come into your last year of school mm-hmm. and you know that you want to are looking for full-time positions. I know you talked a bit about SNAP and obviously as I mentioned at the beginning, that's where you ended up and you're yeah. going to be starting with them this summer. But you also interviewed at Google, which I think is just in itself an accomplishment because it's so hard to even get noticed. So what do you think maybe made you stand out to even get past that first round? Because the volume of applicants they get is yeah, insane. Right. What was, I do want to touch a bit also about you know, do you think that your grades matter? Do you mm-hmm. think that you, well, your, it was your past experience? What kind of helps you stand out in this industry, software engineering, mm-hmm. that other listeners can kind of take away if they're in the same space? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I definitely think, so your question about grades, I did not have my GPA on my resume. I would not put my GPA <laughs> on my resume. I, That's okay. You know, Definitely um, would not want people like looking at that. And yeah, grades do not matter. So I know some companies will ask you. I know like some of the smaller companies have asked for GPAs and they'll have like a threshold. But for example, like companies like Google and Snap, they did not ask. They do not care. Like I said, they will hire people without degrees. Right. You can code and you can show us that, you know, you have these like technical competencies. We are more than happy to hire you. Which is good. Yeah. I think that's a refreshing thing to be reminded yeah. of especially in a program like engineering where it's very hard like it's just yeah, competitive and cutthroat is. and you're just trying to get those grades to, to make it to the next exactly. year and so it's nice to hear that you don't need to you know have a 4.0 to get and, hired and one companies. thing I will point out at U of T a lot of the times 
because you're surrounded, it's no secret, you're surrounded by very smart people. Everyone that got into U of T engineering had like a 94 or higher in high school. Um, So obviously everyone around you, you have people coming from all over the world. They are very intelligent people. And you may feel sometimes like you aren't like doing the best (laughs) among everyone else. And I definitely felt that. I was like, especially when grades would come out in averages, sometimes I would be below average be like, oh my God, wow, like I really am not smart. Like I just don't feel my best right now. And then you get out of the U of T bubble and you realize, wow, like people like value my skills and people see that I'm actually a real human that has like skills and a personality. Not even that, but what like you know more than you think you do. And when I went into these interviews and I would talk about things that I did, for example, that Google Maps project, and I would talk about that and what we did, people would be very impressed. Um, my interviewers would be like, wow, like that's a very like strong thing to have. Like, I'm happy like you got to experience that. Um, so yeah, definitely I would feel discouraged during the school year. And then sort of once I stepped out of uh, the bubble of university and went into the industry, it's completely different. Yeah. And that's something I definitely realized. It's a good reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going back to like how you think you stood out, mm-hmm. did you contact a recruiter? Did you just apply generally through the website? Yeah. So I started, I think I started my um, like applying in sort of early September, I would say. Just September of, of your last year. Of my last year okay. to get a full time job, just because I really wanted to get that out of the way yeah. and not have to stress about it. So I started in September and I just started applying to with the biggest companies and I had no expectations. I said, okay, I'm just going to throw out my resume. And with software, they make it a little easier because their positions are very open. Mm -hmm. It's literally a um, new grad position and it's one posting. It's not different jobs within like I only applied to one posting at Google, like one posting at Facebook, one posting um, at like every company. And it was just that one. And you knew that was going to the right place. Yeah. And I would say I definitely got like I had more success in my new grad applications than I did with my internship. And I think that's um, with my internship applications. And I think that is for two reasons. One, I had Pinterest on my resume. I think that made a big difference for sure. And two, I didn't realize this, but new grad um, applications are a lot less competitive than internships yeah I wouldn't say competitive but they're willing to take on more people I think that's a lot of people don't because I the last episode we had was all about internships and I was mm-hmm. talking about how there's only let's say six spots for an internship they could mm-hmm. only hire six people yeah. with new grad roles and this is for any industry I don't think it's just specific, specifically for engineering or computer so- like software engineering mm-hmm. or anything like that I think it's with anything is they have way more roles to fill and they need talent yeah. like and they mm-hmm. want talent in their pipeline to be in the company like build that loyalty so I think that it's nice knowing that because people get so bogged down on internships and obviously like you said it was important that you had Pinterest and that kind of yeah helped get you noticed but in general there are way more positions which is reassuring yeah going definitely into that. and I I remember coming out of my recruiting season for internships I was almost discouraged I was like oh my god I had like worked so hard to get Pinterest and I wasn't doing very well and I couldn't get as many like I wasn't like swimming in opportunities yeah so I was like I really just hope I can like find something and I was like to my surprise I was like oh wow like I am seeing a lot more come in yeah um and I think it's just to the fact that they're like companies are hungrier for new grads I think at Pinterest we had like 50 something interns whereas 
big companies are hiring up to a thousand new grads. Wow. Yeah. Especially in software there, they need people, they yeah. have projects. Um, and any company that I interviewed for are like, was like, yeah, we have more projects than engineers, like where uh, we need people, need right? People. Um, so yeah, I, if you're, for example, didn't get uh, opportunities when you were applying for internships or sort of were discouraged by that, I would definitely say like, do not worry when you, when it comes time to apply for jobs post-graduation, it's a completely different uh, game. Yeah. My last question on this topic of full-time roles is, what are you doing now? Tell us more about your incoming role. Yeah, so I am a going into Snapchat as a software engineer. I will be working on Woo, <laughs> hands. I will be working on Snapchat stories. So I'm very excited. And one thing that I did appreciate about Snapchat, there was actually a few things that after I got the offer um, that I was very impressed with. One, they let me choose my team. Uh, oh, that's to cool. me, yeah. So once I got the offer, my recruiter set up a few meetings of basically how it works. They'll send your resume out on a Slack channel to the managers, and whoever is interested will message back and say, "Okay, I can uh, meet with them." And I had the opportunity to meet with multiple managers and talk to them about. It wasn't an interview, like it, it wasn't like them, a culture it, yeah, fit. Exactly, it wasn't them interviewing me at all. It was me asking them questions about what they did, what projects they worked That's on. That's really nice. Yeah, and then at the end of the day, it was me choosing which team I wanted to work for. And I had, Snapchat is obviously a mobile app. And like I mentioned before on Pinterest, I had worked on web. And that's what I worked on um, two summers ago when I had that small um, internship in California. And I had no experience in iOS, but it was something that I really wanted to sort of branch into and see yeah. if I liked it. Uh, just because everything's on mobile now, right? There's so many apps out there. I feel like it's a very useful skill. So I made that clear to my recruiter. I was like, I have no experience in this, but if a manager is willing to take me on with no experience, I would love that. And every manager that wanted to meet with me was like very aware that I had no experience. And they're like, yeah, like we have no problem taking you on. Like we're confident you'll be able to learn this. So that was something I appreciated as well is that they were open to taking me on as an iOS as someone working on iOS apps where I had no experience in that at all. So it just shows that like, even if you don't have the necessary skills that you think you may need, like you could, there's still like opportunities for you. And you're working out of the Santa Monica offices. Yes. That is something that I'm very excited for as well. Like I said, LA was always somewhere that I wanted to move and I knew there wasn't much tech in LA. So that's why I moved there last summer. I was like, I don't know when I'm going to get this opportunity again. So I'm going to do it this summer. And little did I know. <laughs> that I would, you manifested it. <laughs> I would be back a year later. Um, yeah, so very excited for warm weather. Uh, hopefully I'll be close enough to the beach where I can um, enjoy it. Um, and will you be in the offices? Have they told you yet? Is, are they yeah. still working remote? So their whole uh, plan right now is they're doing a hybrid model. So you have to be, the rule is I think you have to be in the city of the office you're assigned to. Okay. But you can work from home as many days as you want and you can work from the office as many days as you want. And if you're working from the office, it's just a place to work from. So I'm not sure where my team, if my entire team is working from the Santa Monica office. I know some teams that I was meeting with, they were spread out over San Francisco and Seattle and Los Angeles, but they would all meet for team events in the Santa Monica office. Got it. Um, But yeah, it's very flexible yeah and they're very open to having you work from home work from the office whatever like makes you comfortable 
Um, well, we are so excited for you. I think it's such a cool company to work for. I'm a huge Snapchat fan. So when I <laughs> found out Andrea got the job, I was so excited for her. And I think you're going to do amazing. They're so lucky to have you. The last question I want to ask you is if you had one piece of advice that you wish you knew when you started your career or university mm-hmm. or that you've been given throughout that has really stuck with you that you want to leave our listeners with. Yeah, I would say don't feel like you have to have it all figured out. Uh, I went into first year thinking that, okay, now that I'm in engineering, I need to find exactly what I'm going to do. And once I make my decision, okay, this is what I have to pursue. Like I said, I did research at the Toronto Rehab Center thinking I wanted to do something with biomedical engineering and research. I was like, okay, what? And when I went into that interview, I'm like, yes, okay. I I found it. I found what I want to do. No, (laughs) not it. And even until like third year and fourth year, and I'm sure even going on to my career, I'm doing software engineering now. Uh, and within that field, I'm going to find things that I don't like. I'm going to find things that I do like. I'm going to learn more about myself. And just because you're going down a certain path now doesn't mean that you're stuck there. Yeah. And you don't have to have it all figured out at all. Um, yeah. So that's, I think, my piece of advice that I would give everyone because I think that's one thing that I thought I had to have. But yeah, I think it really sums up our episode. And like I said, we are so excited for you. Thank you so much for joining us in the yeah, business thank casual. Thank you for having me. I'm of finally course. glad we got to do this. We've been talking about this I for know. a while. Also, I don't even think we mentioned, but Angie and I played on, it's called D-League Tri-Campus here at UFT, mm-hmm. but we played volleyball together in first year. And yeah. then sadly COVID hit. And so I didn't see her for like a year and a half. Right, and then we rekindled. And then we rekindled <laughs> the friendship. Uh, now she's leaving me for Santa Monica, yeah. but it's okay. I'm so excited to go visit. Yeah, you are more than welcome anytime. Thank so you. To have you over. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's how I know Andrew because I feel like we didn't say it at the beginning. So if you're still listening, now you now <laughs> you know. But thank you so much. And if you're interested in finding Angie um, on her LinkedIn or on her Instagram, we'll definitely have it all in the show notes so you can uh, learn more and follow her on her journey to California. Awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank you. Perfect.